You're listening to the Stellar Life Project podcast. My name is Deborah Stellingworth. I'm obsessed with systems and strategies to help you create a sustainable lifestyle and still enjoy optimal success on your terms in your career or business. The Stellar Life Project is about how we can make a difference in the world, first for ourselves and then for others. I've had successful careers in education and business before my hyperachiever, perfectionist tendencies led me to such extreme burnout that I woke up to find both my health and my marriage in crisis. On my journey to find a better way, I created the Stellar Life Project, which led me to create a coaching business that supports others on their path to establishing a sustainable lifestyle, doing the work they love and generating the income they want. In this podcast, I share from my experience as business owner and coach, and I host conversations with inspiring leaders and business owners to give you the tried and true strategies to help you expand and create your own stellar life. Hello, stellar friends, and welcome back to the Stellar Life Project podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Seema Kanwal. She is my naturopathic doctor, and I've been seeing her for a number of years now. She's literally changed my life and was instrumental on my healing journey back from burnout. And I'm so excited to have you hear our conversation today. We get into listening to the wisdom of your body, how to listen to it, how to navigate our relationship with money, just all the things about how important it is to be in your zone of genius. There's just so many great insights from this conversation with Seema. I can't wait for you to listen. So let's dive right in. Seema, welcome to the show. I am so glad to have you here. I've been so looking forward to this conversation because you have such an interesting story. And you know that I love to share people's stories who show the way to what's possible. So if you're okay, can we just dive right in to that story? Absolutely, Deb. Let's do this. All right. I'm so excited to be here too. So thank you for having me here today. So good. You have an unusual story. So Really? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> RCMP turned naturopathic doctor. Yeah, I mean, well, a little different. <laughs> it's not really a, you know, a straight line kind of path. So Oh god, girl, my life never is. Yeah. Never was. <laughs> Probably never will be. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about that path? Absolutely. Ever since I was like a kid, I always knew what I loved the crime thing. Well, at least I thought I did. And, you know, my favorite show was CSI, but I never had a boss like Grissom. (laughs) If I did, then I might still be there. Who knows? (laughs) But that whole side of life, I was always fascinated with. But the underlying issue really was to get to the core of wherever the root problem was. So in Mm. crime scenes, it was getting to that perpetrator to figure out to solving this incredible Mm. puzzle. But unfortunately, my time at the RCMP was short. Because I never was prepared for the actual grossness that you actually Mm. were going to see. So dealing with rape and murder was one of the worst things I ever had to do. You know, you're going into an interview with a young, young girl and you're not allowed to show emotion. You are not allowed to cry. I mean, there is reason that these men can do what they do. They're phenomenal human beings Mm. because they can maintain that composure I was the worst, the worst person. I couldn't do it because all I would do was cry with them and want to sympathize or empathize. Mm. And I'm not allowed to. You were never allowed to. So in that process, I suffered tremendously with panic attacks and not being able to sleep at night or, you know, like just anxiety. Anxiety I never knew was anxiety, just riddled with it. I could not walk down a street just to go grocery shopping without being petrified of this complete innocent man behind me. And in the RCMP, you have to see their empties. You're not allowed to go outside. And so the physician there put me on the whole process of Prozac first, then Ativan. And Ativan literally became my friend, my candy. I would pop that stuff like no one's business. Now, how long were you with 
the, the RCMP. Only three years. I didn't oh. last long at all. <laughs> three years in, they're prescribing Ativan. Oh, e- uh, a year and a half in. Okay, wow. And then one of the girls in my lab that I used to work with, the friends at Chemistry Lab, she was actually going through fertility stuff and she was seeing a naturopathic doctor in Ottawa and I had no idea what that was even. She said, she saw me struggle and I was so young. I was in my 20s and she said, you know, you really should see this naturopath. And I was like, what the hell is that? I had no idea what that naturopath doctor was. <laughs> what I said about coaches when I first heard about coaching, I'm like, what the hell is that? Can exactly. take care of their own lives? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. So then I went to see this woman, absolutely changed my life. Within eight months, I realized completely in the wrong field for myself. Mm. And I decided that was it. So at the time I lived in Ottawa. And so the only school in Canada at the time was in Toronto, CCNM. So then I applied and this was, I'll never forget, it was in September and the January cohort wasn't what I expected. I thought, okay, I have another year here. And so next September I'll go, well, I went for the interview. The guy said, you know, I think you might want to come here sooner than you think. So if you want January, you can get in. So I rocked that interview. The only one course I was missing was psychology. I was the only person on this earth, I think, that never took first year psych. So I did that, you know, through some online thing. And that was the end of that. And that was it. And I got into naturopathic college. Wow, that's such an amazing story. And there's a few things that I wanted to highlight there. One was what happens to our body when we're outside of our zone of genius? Torment. Yeah, it's torment. It's anxiety that you didn't know was anxiety. Exactly. Because you're in a place where you don't need to be. And we can so easily push that down yep. and ignore it and medicate circumstances. it. Right? Right. And so many times, and I hear this from patients regularly, well, this is what I have to do. I have to feed my family. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no way we can, I can quit or there's no way I can do this. That fear that literally makes us numb. Mm-hmm. That freezes us, keeps us doing something that's actually killing our souls Completely. and our bodies and our body, which we'll get into. But the other thing that I heard you say too is that you knew what your genius was. You've identified now. It's like it's about solving the problem. It's yeah. getting rid of the problem. And I always say that it's not about the job. No, it's about the gift. It's about how you're using your gift. And some of my listeners don't use their zone of genius in their job because it's a circumstance, but they find other ways. But for you, you knew, or you know now, your genius is getting to the root of the problem and solving that problem. And so it's such a satisfying place to be when you're in it. The other thing that you mentioned that was about the trauma of hearing all that and not being able to speak up and not being able to share your outrage and your emotion. And so if somebody was in that situation now, what advice would you give them? Do whatever you can to change that, no matter what. Because what you feel matters, how you're feeling absolutely is valid. So if that means that, you know, you're going to that that coach, that counselor, to whatever it is that you need to help yourself jump out of that. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of this, you have to go to sleep with you. Yeah. Listen to your body wisdom. And that's one of the things I've learned from you in our time working together as me as your patient is the importance of listening to the body wisdom. And it's what I teach in the Stellar Life Project as well. And I keep sending people to you. And I wanted you on the show today because I want more people to know about you because of what you can do for them, but also because of your story of what's possible. You went down this path and realized that is not my path. And you had a choice to stay there that's probably one of the hardest decisions I think one has to make in life mm-hmm. to stare or walk away, whether that be a relationship, whether that be a job, whether that be whatever it is. Yeah. But those decisions are tough. Yeah, they are. Right. They're... Especially if you have kids or something, you know, that makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. And was there any of that for you of, I made this decision and going back on it makes me wrong. Did you go through any of that? When I was leaving the RCMP? Yeah. No, the second that mind was made up, there was no going back. I knew that I was on the correct path mm. now for me. Yeah. Nice. And now I feel like, you know, I mean, for a long time now, because I've been in this field for so long now, I'm doing my life's work. I never would have changed a thing. So I'm grateful that I mm. went through that crap, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. So I know and now can feel that what I'm doing is right. And yeah. that makes me, I feel, a better practitioner, a better parent, a better 
mm-hmm. person to hear somebody else's and recognize something that they may not be able to recognize yes. and give them hope if they're feeling that loss. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> when we're in it, when we're in that state of overwhelm and burnout, it's sometimes all we can do just to lift our hand and say, help me. Exactly. And, you know, some of, and some people can't, they have, no. they're, they're sort of beyond that to the place of burnout. And so I want my listeners to know there is help available, right? Through coaching, through naturopathic care. And honestly, when it comes down to, you know, the five categories of the Stellar Life Project, meaningful work from yes. your zone of genius. Yes. This is why I wanted to have you on the show because you're doing both of those things. Your meaningful work that is your passion, it's your life's work, it's your purpose. You're clearly using your zone of genius and it's an illustration that you can use it in multiple places. It doesn't mean you're in the right place. That's correct. Right? Yeah. And the other zones of the stellar life are health and wellness and play, relationships and money. We'll talk about all of those, but I want to talk more about wellness and burnout because I think obviously that's what you've helped me with. And I wish I'd met you 30 years ago. I mean, you weren't practicing 30 years ago. (laughs) No. But the things that I know now because of you, I wish I'd known them 30 years ago because it would have made my life different. But isn't that always the way? Mm -hmm. Hindsight, you tell me when isn't 2020. Exactly. It's always And we have this wonderful opportunity because we live in a world where this thing called podcasts exist. Exactly. And we can share the story so that other people might have a different thing. You're going to have something else with 30 years now going, wish I knew that 30 years ago. (laughs) But I hope it's not this thing that we're going to share today about how you can take care of yourself, what to do. How do you know when you're burnt out? That'd be a great place to start. How, do, how does someone know when they're burnt out? Your, your fire, your internal fire is not there anymore. Your motivation is really lacking. I mean, just going to work is a pain or just coming home and making dinner is like, oh God, how many times have I heard that? My motivation just to make dinner mm-hmm. is not there. Yeah. And we know about that being an emotional thing. Exactly. We tend to write it off. And I did. I wrote it off as an emotional thing. And I looked for ways to find my mojo back and to find that spark. And a big part of it is doing meaningful work from your zone of genius. That's a big part of it. Absolutely. But there was way more healing for me to do in my body as well. So tell us about the body symptoms that we should be paying attention to. As women, it's really subtle. Like just simple little fatigue, you know, getting little headaches that you think are normal, common and normal are not the same thing. And for women, it's tougher because, you know, in our society, we've lost that village that uh, actually used to help back in my grandmother's days. Oh my gosh, there were so many people helping raise her Mm. eight children. You come here now, here we are in Canada. God forbid somebody, you can ask for help. Mm -hmm. It's very different. And we are left to become business owners, entrepreneurs. And plus, you know, back this whole thing with equality. Well, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Equality was that we were paid the same as men, but unfortunately our other stuff still remained, meaning housework, cleaning up, looking after children, raising children, making dinner, bedtime routine, lunches. I mean, mm-hmm. it still is all there. I call that the mental and emotional labor. Exactly. no matter how helpful my husband is, I'm the one who thinks ahead. Bingo. Mm-hmm. I know I love my husband and all, mm-hmm. but is he the one planning the meals for the week? I don't think so. <laughs> Love you, but <laughs> mm-hmm. right. I mean, because men are so good at being single focused, they're and so present. entirely present in that moment. And yeah. women, we think ahead and we're planning the meals, and we're planning when we're going to do laundry on the weekend exactly. and all of those things. But we tend not to be present in the moment. Do you exactly. think that's why we miss our body signals all the time? Yeah. So, you know, we often talk about meditation. I teach this often when I'm speaking to people. So it's never just about the problem they came in with. It never ends up being that. It's always the whole person. You know, here in our medical society, you have a gut problem, you go to the gastro guy. You got a heart problem, you go to the cardiologist. You got a head problem, you go to the nutcase. It's like, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Everything's disjointed. The point is, you're a whole person. So when you're coming in, we look at the whole unit as mm-hmm. a whole. You know, we talk about work-life balance. I don't know if you want to get into that now, but to me really is, are you the same person going home as the same person as working? Often we have to wear two different hats, but why? Why is our society like that? That we have to wear two different hats. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. So to me, finding that balance means 
through whatever means works for you. So for some people, yes, they love to sit down, meditate for 20 minutes first thing in the morning. But if you have a child like me who gets up at bloody 5 a.m., how am I going to do meditation at 5 a.m.? That's not happening with her screaming down my back. (laughs) So it's those little snippets. So I often teach about if you're washing the dishes, use that water as meditation. So walking Mm -hmm. meditation, you're folding the laundry, use that as meditation, Mm -hmm. but have signal something, you know, physical, tangible that will remind you to do exactly that. You know, my favorite color is purple. So everywhere around my house, I have something purple that then helps me reset. Mm. And as I'm doing something, I'm going to then take that breath or get into that place of being present so that when I am at home after I've been working all day, I can actually be present with, you know, my all three of my kids are very different ages and need completely different things from me. I want to go home and be present for each of them. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate you sharing that because I'm someone who has a morning routine and I have space for it in my life. My kid's grown up. (laughs) And so I've got like this very spacious life where I can do a two hour morning routine of meditation and writing and exercise and everything. And I know, I think back to when I was a single mom and that was not possible. Exactly. Right. So it's a great reminder. And I teach it at my mental fitness program as well. It's like, just pay attention to whatever it is around you. Exactly. Pay attention. Exactly. That's meditative on its own. Yeah. It can be a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And can be life altering. I, I love what you said too, Seema, about who you're being at work versus who you're being at home. And yeah. if there can be some consistency, can you speak more to that? Absolutely. So when I speak to people often, even at home included, you know, if you are this miserable tyrant at home, but you're this angel at work, how is that fair to the people at work or to the people at home? That to me is not authenticity. Mm -hmm. So where are you missing that piece? So when somebody comes in, oh, they have this like anxiety or they're dealing with depression or they're dealing with hot flashes or it doesn't matter whatever, a pain that they're dealing with, Mm -hmm. it's interlinked with something something, an emotional component that then I will, you know, the way I question is a little different, obviously, maybe from my background. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can usually get answers out of people pretty well. Yes. I remember the first time I saw you, it was like, shit, <laughs> rapid fire questions. And I was like, <laughs> oh gosh. Well, no, I mean, so, very gently and loving. It was just, it was, a, you have this wonderful bedside manner of being very like no nonsense and loving. Yeah. So I appreciate that. about you. <laughs> So it's a matter of finding that you know, that person, who are you? Mm-hmm. Actually, who are you? You know, at the core of you, you are who you are. You can't change it. And that's mm-hmm. totally fine with me. But I want to know who that person is. Yes. And who do you want to be? Mm. And are you in integrity? Because that's exactly. so key, right? When we're exactly. out of integrity. So if you're behaving one way at work and one way at home, that's not integrity. somewhere you're out of integrity. Exactly. And your body will let you know, like your body let you know, when you were in the RSMP, that you were out of integrity. Completely. And it's not about a morality or honesty, ethics, anything. It's about just being in alignment and being in wholeness with yourself. Your body will let you know. Yeah. Excellent. So how do you find time for play? Because you've got three kids, a busy practice, and I hate the word busy, so forgive me for using that, but it is a very full practice, right? And you're giving so much and then you've got your kids and your partner and how do you find time for play and for you? The little moments Mm. every day. That's what I've learned a lot over the last, probably last five years more so than anything. As I saw my kids grow, like each individual one, they cannot be more different, every single one of them. And when it comes down to it, I know what I need for me and that's my workouts. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do that. For me, it is my physical activity. So I have my own little setup at home. Thank God I did even pre-pandemic that I had my own equipment at home. And if I don't give myself that time to do that, that's always been my routine. I come home from work and I go downstairs, I do my workout. And my kids have learned, you don't bother mother when she does that. Mm. So my oldest, when he used to live at home, the other other younger two siblings were bothering me for anything. He would come right down so fast and say, you know, 
mama cannot be bothered. Otherwise, she will not be happy. (laughs) I know. That's mommy's happy place. Mm -hmm. You gotta let it be. Okay, so the parents who are listening... You have to have something, even if it's just a 20 mm-hmm. minute bike or like mm-hmm. a 10 minute erg session. Yeah. I've got that rower at home. Yes. You know, anything that I I can do, I will 100% yes. do every day. I need that. Otherwise, I cannot decompress from work mm-hmm. because, you know, at work, it's heavy. A lot of people share a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. they've, you know, never shared with anybody. Mm-hmm. And I honor that. But that also means I have to take care of me so then I can now be present at dinner time yes. when yes. that's ready to go. So, wow, there's three nuggets there. I want to make sure the listeners catch. One is you can train your kids to give you space. Always. It's not, it's, you can make it an excuse that I can't because I have young kids. Yeah. And it has to look different when you have young kids. It might be that your exercise is throwing a couple of them in a stroller and walking them up a hill. Exactly. But you can train them to give you space. Yeah. And there'll be times you might not be able to exercise fully, which might annoy you. That's happened to me more than on multiple occasions. You know, I'm sitting there in a plank and I got somebody on my back. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going (laughs) to use this in my workout. That's just the way it goes for crawling under me. But that's just reality. So you train them and you're also setting an example for them. Exactly. Yes. And then there's the piece that you said about coming home and decompressing. Yes. And I've been reading about because you know that a lot of my work is around burnout too as a coach. And I've been reading the book, Burnout. They talk about, it's twin sisters, Amelia and Emily something or other called Burnout. And it's, they talk about the importance of completing the stress cycle. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to hear your take on that because you just mentioned that, like that decompressing is coming home, having my workouts so I can complete the stress cycle. So what would you tell patients about that? So I question then, you know, like, who are you? What do you want? What do you want to foresee for you? What are your goals? So when it comes to, you know, attempting to be that same person, like I said, at work or at home, what do you need in between that? What do you need as that mediator to help you actually accomplish that for the day? And some days, sure, it's not going to be possible. Be authentic with it at least six days out of seven, there has to be Mm -hmm. something that is a transition period. So I use that and and ask them about that. So for some people, just sitting in their vehicle, doing two minutes of deep breathing, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Some people, it's that coming home, taking their dog for a walk. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You have to figure out for you what that period of time is that you can use Mm -hmm. to make that switch. But take the time to figure it out. But you have to figure it out. Three deep breaths, when you go really deep, minute 15 seconds so exactly. really add like two more and you're you're good you're, there's your two minutes so exactly. i've timed it because i like to know these things right how long is this gonna take me time is money <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah it's important to take that time and be like i don't have time for that and i want to go back to something you said earlier when you said you know at the core of who you are is not going to change and i just want to make sure nobody misunderstood that because you can change your behavior absolutely it's not, yeah, who you are is who you are. And yeah. this this life is about getting to know yourself. That's exactly it. So what I meant by that is, you know, at the core of you, if you are just somebody who is sensitive, like I was always accused for being too sensitive. Mm. Only later did I learn that that sensitivity is actually a gift that I'm able to now use to help patients better. So that's what I mean. Like figure out at the core of you who you are. If you're somebody who's more empathetic, you are the person who just feels more, or you're just the person who actually is innately really happy, but external factors, you know, your epigenetics I like to use, or that environment is bringing you down. Let's figure that part of it out. Mm -hmm. Because you can change your environment. You can change your behavior. Of course you can. Our brain is only there to protect us. What does the left side do? protect you? How does it, how does it protect you? By reminding you of all the negative crap that you've already been through. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't have to change you at the core. It's only your perception or your story or Mm -hmm. whatever you think Mm -hmm. you can't do or can't do. But all that is changeable if you're ready. So you can either react to something or you can have a response to something. Mm -hmm. I say that all the time because Someone's going to cut me off. I can react and say, oh, you, la, la, la. Or I can be like, oh, clearly you're in a rush. Yeah. 
<laughs> response reaction. Take your pick. You can't have both. Mm-hmm. The work we do is so similar. I know. And what we teach <laughs> is so similar. This is why we do workshops together. But the difference is, is that you can prescribe things and I can't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? So you understand, you know, blood levels and things that I don't. But I, I you know, I do with the brain. So we've talked about the meaningful work and, and really getting to know yourself. And part of knowing yourself is how you show up in relationships. Mm-hmm. So I see this a lot. I've experienced it where as I was in extreme burnout, it had an impact on my relationship. It Basically, I've learned recently that the traditional definition of burnout had to do with work mm-hmm. and our professions. And now we're realizing you can burn out in any stressful environment. Absolutely. And if you are completely burnt out, that can cause your partner to burn out from just the stress of dealing with you. With you. Exactly. So, give us your wisdom about that. How, how do we address that? You know, in every single relationship, I don't care what type of relationship it is. Sometimes you need a break. And I don't mean separate divorce. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just, you know, a period of time where you both have to just agree to either not talk for a couple of days or just live your life side by side, but not intangible. I don't know if that makes any sense Mm. at all. But yet knowing that the other person has your back at the end of it all, will help you guide through that transition absolutely with ease, Mm -hmm. even though at the time it won't feel like it's ease, but you will. Mm -hmm. And trust that part of it. But that, and everyone talks about communication being so important. Yes, but at the same time, also knowing what your partner or your person actually needs. Mm -hmm. Because we talked about before about knowing what you need. Exactly. It's communicating that to your partner, but also listening to what they need. Exactly. I learned as my husband and I were, were navigating my recovery from burnout yeah. and recognizing now that he too was burned out from my burnout, yeah. I learned that he needs a lot of space. Yes. And it really came to a head in the pandemic because suddenly we were like in the same space all the time together. Yeah. I had changed professions and I was home a lot. And yes. it been the whole, for quite a while before the pandemic, but I'd been home a lot. And though I was better, he was just still like, I need some space. And really coming to that place of communicating that with yes. each other and going, okay, I'm going to go do my thing and it's good. And, and, and it can be really, really uncomfortable having those conversations. Absolutely. But that's where growth happens. Mm-hmm. We all know that. It's when you have that hard conversation, but at the end of it, there's no conversation that's ever a regret. Because out of it will always come something that both of you will benefit from, no matter what it is. You know, you said growth comes from the hard stuff, and we all know that. And I think actually we do. And yet there's a part of us who wants like just ignore it, right? And you can, but then your body won't. You can ignore as much as you want. But I've seen it over and over again. Your body will tell you. But then, you know, when we don't listen to our body, especially as women, It'll start, you know, giving us signals. It'll start maybe going, doing a couple of screams. And then if we still ignore, it'll then really start yelling at us. And then if we still ignore, then you get to the point where it screams and then it may or may not be reversible, whatever that thing Mm is. Someone comes to mind, I know who has extreme eczema and is, you know, lives a very busy, stressful life and just go, just as accepting, this is just how it is. Yeah. Right. So it's maybe one of those examples of somebody who's just ignoring their body. I don't, I, don't I did that for years though. I've mm. been married twice. My first marriage, I had back pain the entire time. And to me, that was just a normal thing. I had no clue that I even thought outside of the box. Mm. I had chiros, I had physios. Oh my gosh. I went through years and years of back pain. Normal, I thought was normal back pain. Mm. But in the back of my mind, I always knew this relationship was wrong. Always knew that. But as a person of color and in my culture, divorce is not an option. That was never allowed. And fast forward, you know, to stay or walk away, I say mm-hmm. that before, one of the hardest decisions to make, especially now if you have children. That's a totally different mm-hmm. story. So I make that I made that decision within three months. And to this day, my back is fine. Wow. I actually don't have I had back pain for 12 years. 
and thinking that that's just a normal part of life. So yes, your body will tell you, yes. but it's up to you whether you choose to listen. I'm not saying that that's the cause of <laughs> back pain now in a wrong relationship, but that's just something that I I had to work through. Oh, I still figured that you. out because I have a back injury. I had a water skiing fall. Yeah, and so that was a legitimate back injury. Yeah. <laughs> but it's and it's better. I've healed it with yoga and many years of of uh, therapy and different things I've been doing. Actually, yoga was after getting addicted to um, some anti-inflammatories first and then being told that my kidney function was severely decreased. And that was one of the reasons I was tired all the time. I started doing yoga and it's much better. But every once in a while now, I get pain in my back. And when I get it, I know it's a stress pain. Yep. And so I stop and I say to myself, okay, what is bothering me? Because I can't, I don't necessarily know in that moment what it is. Yeah. What advice would you give to women who are wanting to learn how to listen to their body? Because it's interesting because if our body's screaming at us, we can really override it. Yes. But now I've really, I've really practiced listening to my body and learned from you and other practitioners how to listen. So I notice if there's a little pain in my back, I must be stressed. What's this? What's going on here? Or support. So then I, I would mm. question, are you feeling supported? Mm. If not, why? Where is that coming from? And with women, oftentimes is, am I being heard? And did what I say matter? It's always the like basic human things that we just take. Like, it's okay. He didn't hear me, but that's okay. He's not listening, but he's just watching a game. Really? Is it okay? Mm -hmm. How many times is it okay? So when I look at different pains and you know, depending on where it is in the body, I do question that. But back is often when you look at it on a, like an energetic perspective, Chinese medicine perspective, it's, mm -hmm. it's looking at where is your support? Who is supporting you? Do you actually mm -hmm. feel supported? So when I thought about my own back pain for all those years, I never felt supported. Right. I always felt alone. Fascinating, huh? It is. And I probably should have started this show with this, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you now because I think there's some people who don't understand naturopathic medicine. Oh. Because just like you said, what is that? I've never heard exactly. of it. And <laughs> my husband even still is sometimes like, what does she do? Like, you know? <laughs> and, what the uh, hell does she do? You know, and my experience <laughs> has been that I've been to traditional medicine and I have a wonderful doctor now, but my previous doctor, who is no longer my doctor for reasons I'm about to disclose, was that we did some blood tests that you'd ordered. And I went to her and she said, according to the standards of the Western medicine system, you're fine. And I walked into your office two days later and I didn't feel fine. And you, so I felt very deflated. Yes. And you said to me, the first thing you said to me, Deborah, I'm really worried about you. And I feel very emotional about that even now as I remember it because I, was like, I remember that finally, because I'd been to so many doctors over the years who told me I was fine. But this is the problem with, with, with women. And the, the thing is that in our medicine, if you look at all research for any drugs, anything, it's all done on men. Our default setting is men. We unfortunately are not men or fortunately <laughs> are not men. You know, our hormones really dictate so much of what happens to us as women. And so when it comes to blood work, so let me talk about naturopathic medicine, first yeah. of all. So naturopathic medicine is really an, an umbrella term. So our years of schooling is pretty much very similar for the first two years as MDs in the sense of the physiology, anatomy, pharmacology, all that's identical, but where it differences our treatment approach. And when I look at somebody in front of me, I look at the person, not a woman in 40s, this is what should be. No, that, it doesn't work that way. A woman in 30s, this is what the numbers, no, it's not, it's not like that. So even these reference ranges, if you think about Life Lab's reference ranges, where did they get these ranges from? People that go to the lab often, and this is where we're getting our data from. So let's think about this. Who is actually going to the lab and what are they getting blood work for? They're usually elderly and sick people. Well, you're not elderly and you're not sick. So when it comes to reference ranges, I take them with a grain of salt mm. because what I'm looking for for health is based on the person in front of me and what their goals are. So for example, to give you something silly like liver enzymes, the upper limits are 50 and 36 for ALT and AST. Well, to me, if you're that high, that's a problem. So if you're somebody who's you know young and healthy and you exercise, those numbers should be in the teens or lower. I don't care what the upper limit is. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Same with like blood sugar levels. Just because you're not out of range yet, what am I waiting for? Mm -hmm. For the body to start screaming then? Well, then by then, how the hell am I going to reverse that? We are too reactive. Mm -hmm. So I like to see it as let's nip it now so that, you know, what is your goal five years from now, 10 years from now, depending what you want to be? Like, I want to be like Betty White at almost 100. Mm -hmm. I want to have all my cylinders firing in my head. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to feel good. And I want other people to feel good. Yes. This is why I wanted you on the show today. So other people can know that if you're feeling tired and worn out, burnt out, maybe you have a, a deficiency. severe PMS yeah. all your life. Like, wow, if I'd met you when I was 20, right? When the female doctor I saw when I said, hey, I, there's this thing called PMS I've just heard of and I think I might have it. And she said, it's in your head, right? The number so, of my patients that tell me that their doctors have told them mm -hmm. is awful. Mm -hmm. That's you know, not and right. And that's because maybe there's lots of women who don't experience it, oh. right? And some of us do do. So, you know, I want you to know that listeners, if you are struggling with any of these things, that there is a solution. There's hope. You don't have to live this way. It's not normal. I just common. thought it was normal. No, common and not normal are two different things. Yes. Ask yourself, is this common or is this normal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it might have become normal for you. Exactly. Well, it doesn't to mean me, it back is. pain, my back pain was normal. Yeah. I just had to deal with it. Everybody has back pain. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's what I was told. Everybody has PMS and, you know, loses I their mind. And just your cycle. That's what I was told so many times with... Uh, Love my doctor, but still, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're often told as women. Mm -hmm. It's in your head. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. No. I don't think it is. It doesn't have to be. And this is why, you know, the Stellar Life Project was a very personal project when it started and became this something else because I was like, I'm a teacher. When I learn something great, I need to share it. And I learned about you and I had to share you today. And so this I hope makes a difference for our, our listeners. I know it will. If you take the advice, if you take the 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 insights and truths that that Seema shared with us today and put it to action. Now you we're going to talk about later how people can get in touch with you, but I want them to know that you are in Vancouver with me and you also see people virtually as well. So Always. you don't have to be living in Vancouver yes. to see her. And I did that even pre-pandemic like this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have patients all over and doing a video thing is a very normal thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have to be here in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, right. Easy accessible these days. Yeah, exactly. It's a new world we're living in. So money. Money. Okay. So money is a, a beautiful topic thing that it's a beautiful thing <laughs> and it brings a lot of shame for people. And I always want to ask my guests about that because you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so, and you see a lot of entrepreneurs. And I wish that the system would recognize the value of naturopathic medicine, but it doesn't yet. So most healthcare plans don't cover naturopathic medicine. Or if they do, it's it's terrible. Like my mm -hmm. husband is a teacher and his dental is 100%. So my kids' braces are no problem. Mm -hmm. Massage is 100%. Naturopathic medicine, $200 yeah. for the entire year. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> so it's like just a little nod. I look at my self-care plan and I budget for it. And it's an important thing to do, whether you're going to see a naturopath or not, to budget for self-care and build that in. I see you quarterly. I see massage every couple of weeks. I have my physio. It's all kind of my, my chiropractic. It's all built into my system yes, and, and I plan people. for it. It's built into my budget in my business. But there's two sides of money that I love to talk about with you as we wrap the show today. And one of them is about your experience with money as an entrepreneur, as a woman of color, as a having been a single mom for a while. And just tell us a little bit about your journey. Because I want people to know that what they're experiencing and some of the emotional stuff that might come up around money is normal. We all it, have it. Very much so. When I was first married, I actually had zero control over my money, which I just assume was okay because that's what you do. Just give control to your husband. So when I actually split, I had not a clue how to even pay a bill online. It was awful. I went into, I'll never forget RBC crying my eyes out because all of a sudden I'm single. 
I have no clue how I'm supposed to pay a bill. This woman literally sat with me weekly. And every time I got a bill, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to pay this online today. So that's where it all started. And money doesn't have to be the scary thing. It's a beautiful thing. You know, these stupid sayings that, oh, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, it does. It's paper, man. Of course it grows on trees. What is wrong with you? (laughs) And it's how we feel about it, just like anything else. If we feel lack, guess what? We're going to get lack or we're not going to ever have enough. If we really switch that dialogue, just like our own health about around what does money actually mean to me? You know, we all want freedom. Mm -hmm. We all want that ability to be able to, you know, go out and not think about what I'm spending it on, mm-hmm. about groceries, whatever, prioritizing that for me as a single mom at the time, I was a single mom for five years. And it was, it was hard in the beginning, but just like any change, hard in the beginning, messy in the middle, beautiful at the end. Mm-hmm. It's always like that. Mm-hmm. That's normal change stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's getting to know you and appreciating those dollars and appreciating the change and loving every bit of it will help you gravitate towards not feeling lack and feeling and being empowered by being able Mm -hmm. to, you know, pay a bill online by yourself. It sounds so silly and so mundane. So many people are so ashamed that I don't know how to pay a bill online that I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to stay in this marriage that gives me back pain because I don't want to have to face that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's normal. But there are so many incredibly good people out there willing to help. Yes. And so in that process, I've, you know, met a couple of women early on who really helped me not be scared of money and learn how to invest, learn how to do a TFSA, learn how to do an RSP, all these things that were just, oh my gosh, foreign and terrifying for me. But there are tons of people. Yes. That are willing to help. Mm -hmm. With the tactical, the practical and the mindset stuff, right? But the mindset's got to come first. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I do. Right? <laughs> exactly. Enter <laughs> Deb. Yeah. Enter <laughs> Deb. Yeah. So I really want to make sure we talk about that because I think it's important to hear that everybody's got a money story. Everybody. And people can look at you and I and say, oh, well, they're successful and they've got a, a you know, they've got thriving businesses. So they've never had yeah, that experience. You're the end. Exactly. You didn't see, you didn't see the, the tears in exactly. the beginning. Right? Nobody saw that part of it. Not knowing if I was going to be able to feed the kids the next mm-hmm. day. That's the hard part. Yeah. And it then, doesn't have to be. Exactly. And and it's so empowering to learn how to pay your bill online. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I always tell people, spend time with your money all the time. Spend time with your money exactly. every single day so you get super comfortable with it. Yes. Sex and money. Two things, if we don't talk about them, we're getting into trouble. Absolutely. And Who so, doesn't love both? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So as my last guest said, we've demystified sex to some respect. We're still got some work to do there, but I want to demystify money. So that's why I like to make sure that we talk about it and people know you're not alone. Exactly. Yeah. You're not alone. And it can that's cause so thing. much stress if you think you are. And if you think that your self-worth is connected with your knowledge about money and how much you have. Exactly. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Seema, thank you so much. What a rich conversation today. We're not done yet because I have my rapid fire questions. I am turning the tables on you. (laughs) Okay. And we'll do our 10 rapid fire questions and then let people know how they can get in touch with you. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. So first question now, and I made that little sigh because I've tried this question a few times and so far it's produced different results than I thought it would. I used to think there were two kinds of people. Now I'm learning there's three. Okay. <laughs> Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Really? Yoda said, do or do not. There is no try. I nice. pull that line on my children all the time and they'll, they'll tell you they hate it. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're the first person who hasn't said neither. Okay. Wonderful. Star Wars. Yoda. <laughs> there is no try. You do Just or do, do not. It. No, that used to be a sticky on my fridge when I was a single mom. My kids hated it. <laughs> I highlighted it. <laughs> it shaped them, though. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your favorite place to visit in the world? Oh, Switzerland. Hmm. I'd move there in a second. Why? Oh, your sister's love- there. Well, she used to be. Okay. She's moved now. But I just felt at home in Switzerland. I've been there twice now, Basel and Zurich. Oh, 
Nice. Switzerland. Hey, your zodiac sign. I'm an Aquarius. Can you not tell? Stubborn me. Mm. <laughs> Don't mess with me. <laughs> yep. The stubbornness. I'm seeing that. Our last guest yeah. was an Aquarius as well. Oh, there you go. Scariest thing you ever did. I traveled by myself. This is right before I decided I was leaving my ex-husband. I hopped on a plane. He was so mad at me. When I went, I cried the entire way to France. <laughs> cried the entire way back. <laughs> but I was by myself. Yeah. And I didn't even book a hotel. That's how crazy it was back then. I literally got off the plane, started wandering around, had my taxi driver drive me to downtown in Paris, and I found a hotel. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, so that's great advice. If you're thinking about leaving, get on a plane, <laughs> go where you go. It shows you what you're capable of. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Beautiful. What is your mantra that you go to? An affirmation. Not Yoda's, but yours. No, <laughs> not Yoda. To give hope where hope has been lost mm. has always been my goal for mm. me and for somebody who comes into my office. Mm. So that's a, is that something that you used to give to remind yourself when you're feeling a little low? Always. Yeah. There's something there. Just mm. remind myself of where that, where that is. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. If you were tasked, you are, this is your mission. You get to make one installment. I think that's the word I want in a new library in outer space. What's the book that you would put in that library? Start with why. Simon Sinek's book, one of my favorite books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we start with why, all the rest comes together. It just right? does. Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. And so you don't have to know all the time right away. You can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Your why never changes. How you might live it does, but your yeah. why never changes. Yeah. And it, it can be like a tree. I always say like, you know, we have the trunk of our tree. That's your core and your why can branch out though. Yeah. But that's okay too. Right. It's like, cause it sounds like your why is to give hope where there is no hope and how yes. that looks and how that shows up is going to. It changes. Yeah. You have to be bendable like the willow tree. Yes. Right. Grandmother willow. Yeah. <laughs> if you were a city, who would you be? A city. Lugano. Why? Because Lugano is this tiny little place. It's so close to Italy, but it's right by the water. It's like this secluded, cute little spot that not very many people know about until now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Look it up. And it's I had to think for a second. I heard little... of it and I had to think for a second. Where is that? Oh, yeah. It's, it's right in the border. It's beautiful. Right. It is quiet. Mm. The people are so nice. All the little shops there, they bake their bread every morning. Mm. You had to get there by nine to get your bread. Otherwise, you're not getting any bread <laughs> for the day. <laughs> Sounds like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So cute little spot. Beautiful. Quiet. Yeah. Nice. It's that feeling that I have in your presence when I'm in your office and when you're when, when we're in opposite chairs and you're being the, the boss of the moment. <laughs> I would hope not. Well, the doctor, right? Because like right now I'm the host. When you're being the host, it's that feeling of calm in your presence. So I appreciate that. Something you've not yet done that's on your dream list. Skydiving. I really want to. So my will is now done. So now I can go. Now you can go. <laughs> All right. Next time we have you back on the show, we'll <laughs> ask, that ask that question. Have you done it yet? Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. I've called my project the Stellar Life Project. If you had to title your life, what would you title it? The Hope Project. Mm, beautiful. Success leaves clues. If you were going to leave a clue for our listeners, what's the one clue you would want to leave? Just listen to yourself always mm -hmm. and honor and trust that voice because it always tells you and you have to find those quiet in order to hear it. No matter what chaos is around you, you can find the quiet in the chaos mm -hmm. always. It's 
a task. It is a process. But remember, it's that progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. It's always there. Yeah. It depends, you know, what, what are we listening to? Mm-hmm. Listen. It's been such a pleasure to have this chat with you. I just want to keep going and uh, maybe we'll do a round two, but it's been absolutely wonderful having you here today, Seema. And you have made such a difference in my life and I am so grateful to you for that. And I know that you impact so many people and I know that my listeners will have been impacted by the wisdom that you've shared here. So if anybody wants to work with Seema, how can they get in touch with you? Google is a wonderful thing. It is. <laughs> Google Dr. Seema Canwall and you'll find me. <laughs> Dr. Seema Canwall. My website is drcanwall.com. Super simple. Yeah. Is it DR or D- doctor as in the whole word? Actually doctor. just DR. drcanwall.com. Yeah. Yeah. You can reach out to her there, book an appointment, book a virtual appointment. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you like. Yeah. Are you on Instagram or any of those other places? Of course I am. Okay. <laughs> so Instagram, Facebook. I'm not on TikTok, though, although my son tells me I should be. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, too. <laughs> I'm not ready for yeah. TikTok dances. I'm Every good. once in a while, I'm like, should I go over there? I was like, nah. yeah, no. Yeah, no. Instagram, yes. Just Dr. Seema Canwell. Yeah. And then Facebook, same thing, Dr. Seema Canwell. And in Twitter. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Twitter. I'm on Twitter, too. Everybody's forgetting about Twitter. I know. Uh- <laughs> Oh, and LinkedIn too, but whatever. And LinkedIn too. Anyways, there's a whole bunch of places you can oh, get yeah. into SEMA. Google uh, is a great thing. <laughs> right. drkenwell.com and you can book an appointment with her there. And Or even if you just want to chat, yeah, <laughs> we can do that too. Maybe you just want to chat and find out what, what's this all about. Exactly. Okay. Wonderful. Thanks again so much for being here. Thank you, Deb, today for having me. This was really, really lots of fun. And you're always so easy to talk to. See you soon. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and follow us wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. See you next week on the Stellar Life Project podcast.